In the heart of the mighty Midwest, nestled amidst the Great Lakes, lies a state steeped in history and mystery. Michigan, known for its picturesque landscapes and vibrant cities, holds several chilling secrets beneath its scenic beauty. Be sure to stick around to hear about the five extremely haunted places in Michigan you may have never heard of. Welcome to the Real Estate in Michigan Audio Experience Podcast with your host and local real estate professional, Andrew McManaman. Welcome everyone to part four of the Haunted Places in Michigan series. If you're new here, my name is Andrew McManaman, a Michigan realtor helping people like you buy, sell, and invest in the wonderful state of Michigan. So if this doesn't scare you away, I'd be happy to help you. And if you're a paranormal activity kind of person, I have linked three other videos in the description so you can go on this Michigan adventure guided by yours truly. Before we get into it, I wanted to share a story of my own. I was at a wedding a few weeks ago in Wisconsin. I booked a hotel for my family near the venue, got all checked in and situated, just to find out that the Ambassador Hotel in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, was conveniently the same one at the Milwaukee cannibal Jeffrey Dahmer killed one or several of his victims. And that room is no longer bookable, but they get several calls a day from people wanting to book it. And I even knew of this hotel because I watched the series on Netflix. It just went right over my head, I guess. But long story short, that series of events led me to adding part four of the Haunted Places in Michigan series. So let's jump right into it. Starting off with number one on the list, I'm going to take you into this ghost town that is home to one of Michigan's greatest legends, Pierre Cheney, and I could be butchering that pronunciation. Located near Grayling, this town, after being founded in the year 1874, had around 1,500 or so residents, and the town received word that there was a witch living among them. They accused a woman with a child, and the whole town ended up chasing them out of the village and into the wilderness where she and her child spent so much time hiding that her child ended up becoming sick and passing away and the woman was eventually caught. Waiting for her hanging, she cursed the town and wished ill upon them for their false accusations, and shortly after, diphtheria, if I'm pronouncing that right, swallowed this little town whole, wiping out the majority of its residents, and just five years later, another wave of this infection occurred. An infection that causes difficulty breathing, heart problems, and death. Present day, it is considered extremely rare, and between the years of 2004 and 2017, there were only two reported cases in the US. By the year 1901, there were only 25 residents left in this town. The only thing that remains today of the one and only town of Pierceni, if I pronounced it right, is a neglected but recently actually maintained cemetery. The cemetery is located right across the train tracks from where the town once stood. Some headstones remain, but several are broken and misplaced. It is said to this day, when people make a visit, they report seeing shadowy figures, finding handprints on their vehicles and the faint sounds of children laughing, along with a ghostly figure of a woman haunting the area where she was wrongly executed. Despite the location of this town being far away from civilization, it seems, visitors have said that they do not feel alone when wandering around the cemetery. It is believed this infection 
was a curse the witch put on the town for her and her child's wrongdoing. The cemetery is listed within the top two or three on the top 10 witch graves in the Midwest. So if you're into that, it may be interesting enough for you to make a visit. Moving along to number two, we have the ghost of Elias Frisk at Hell's Bridge. Located northwest of Rockford is this old metal footbridge that crosses the Rogue River, and it has earned its title of being Hell's Bridge. But prior to this footbridge, was a stone bridge where these series of events initially took place. It just so happens to be a place where people put their kayaks and canoes in the water. Legend has it that this location was where a man killed several children. Of course, there's several variations to this story, but from what I have found, the origin of it was in the 1800s with that same man, I'm gonna butcher his name, who lived fairly close to this bridge, and the misinterpretation comes from how he obtained the children, whether it was just the kidnapping of them, or if he was actually told to watch them since they received word of missing children. So the town did a search party and this, this man became the babysitter. Either way, it is said that he took the children down to the river and murdered them, then threw their bodies in the river or buried them along the river. As the townspeople caught on to all of the missing children, they strolled down to the bridge where a bloody man had all the children tied together and was killing them one by one. The parents took the same rope and hung him off the bridge with it. To this day, people say the evil forces that influenced Elias still inhabit the area and you can see faint figures of the murdered children under the water from time to time and you can hear the deep laughter of a man throughout the woods at night. It has also been said that people have seen actually glowing red eyes in the woods while standing on the bridge along with signs of young children screaming. I've even read people have claimed to have seen hands trying to pull them into the water as well. Moving to number three, we have the Bath School Massacre. Bath Township, located northwest of Lansing, was one of, the, one of those little farm towns, one drugstore, a post office, even a grain elevator, and everyone just, they knew everyone. The township had been having a debate for quite a while about whether they should continue with having one-room schools or if there should be some consolidation to one area school. So in, in 1912, the voters within the township decided to approve the creation of a new school that would be for grades 1 through 12. And in order to pay for this addition to this little town, the 300 residents would need to pay higher property taxes. And when the school opened, 236 students were enrolled throughout the district. Five years later, the kids started school at 8.30 a.m. like they always did, and at 8.45 a.m. an alarm clock went off in the basement of the school, which triggered a dynamite explosion that was placed by Andrew Kehoe, the school board treasurer, along with one of the school's caretakers. Kehoe was one of the residents who was not only angry about the property tax increase to fund the school project, but for losing the election for township clerk nine months earlier. This explosion ended up killing 45 individuals, 38 of them being children, two teachers, the school superintendent, along with a few bystanders as well. Luckily, there was another pile of dynamite that was located on the south side of the school that never went off or else the death toll would be much, much higher. This explosion ended up burning down Kehoe's farm, killing his wife and blowing up his car, himself, as well as five other people. Today, you can visit the Bath School Memorial Park and see the cupola or 
dome-like structure that was on the roof of the portion of the school that exploded. As far as paranormal activity, it has been said in stories that people have had several experiences where the two schools once stood. Voices are heard, fairly loud cries for help, and other recordings have been obtained from the site where the massacre took place. There's also been strange touches from unseen hands and unexplained cold spots too. It was also stated on a limited amount of sources the paranormal activity was occurring not just at the site of the explosion, but at a funeral home on Main Street where the bodies of the victims were prepared for burial. And that area has since been turned into an apartment building and tenants have explained strange occurrences from footsteps, voices coming from the basement, sounds of breaking glass, and the constant sounds of sobbing children. Police were actually called very early on and they refused to step foot in the basement of this apartment building. Stepping on over to haunted place number four on the list, we have the Michigan Bell Telephone Company, located in Grand Rapids. Known to be among the top 10 most haunted places in Michigan, this building is situated right in downtown Grand Rapids on the grounds of what was once an extravagant mansion, the Judd White House. The Ghosts of History site talked about the previous owners, Warren Randall and his wife, Virginia. Warren was a railroad brakeman who lost his leg after getting run over by a train and ended up getting a wood prosthetic. With the insecurity of having just one leg, Warren accused his wife, Virginia, of having an affair with men who had more legs than him. Everyone knew their marriage was rocky and the town could hear the arguments day in and day out. And one day, some railroad workers smelled a, a pungent odor coming from the mansion, which ended up coming from the several week old bodies of Warren and his wife, Virginia. It is said that Warren beat his wife with his wooden prosthetic leg before slitting his own throat. What's interesting is the cops were actually called on Warren after getting arrested for chasing Virginia down an alley with a razor blade, which then caused her to leave him, but somehow he coaxed her back. The house was purchased in 1920, and Michigan Bell put in their new building there by 1924. Since then, supposedly there's been recipients of several prank calls in the middle of the night that have been traced back to Michigan Bell, and they say it was the ghosts of Warren and Virginia bothering their neighbors. Some other strange occurrences include loud screams from wife Virginia trying to get away from her husband Warren, strange lights and orb-like figures. People have also said they hear the thumping of Warren's wooden leg, as well as other miscellaneous sounds and noises throughout the building. Moving on over to the last haunted place in the list, and that's Rotary Park located in Livonia. This is the story of the little girls of Rotary Park. So there's this patch of woods located in Livonia that is heavily rumored to be haunted. They say if you have the stomach to walk these trails at night, you'll be among the several others who have walked out with several paranormal experiences. People have said there to be undecipherable noises, voices, and screaming coming from children. The story is that there were several reports of little girls being killed in these woods and their spirits continue to roam these trails. It is said that some visitors have seen little girls in white dresses moving around the grounds just for them to fade in the distance. I was reading some other experiences that have happened in and around these trails and someone had said her and her friends ventured into the woods just to discover a smell of a, a certain fragrance and a little girl in a white dress bending over to pick something up, not realizing it, it wasn't one of her friends. They screamed and I'm sure they got out of there pretty quick. 
What was interesting about this experience is that they didn't even know it was haunted until they read about it three years or so later. A few others have said they have picture proof of these girls in white dresses, while others hardly left their car before he hearing like a, a demon laugh that had them out of there in, in just a few seconds, I'm sure. The most recent entry from Experience talked about this person who knows of a friend or a neighbor or something like that who had a house that backed up to the woods and the neighbors stated they knew a woman who hung themselves in the forest as well as a man who hung themselves just recently in October 2021 in another area of the park. So it's safe to say there's a lot of paranormal activity potential coming from those woods. Thank you as always for listening to my podcast. If you would, follow, subscribe, and leave a five-star review on the platform you listen to this on. I would greatly appreciate it. Stay tuned for the next episode.